Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. 440. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. I love it, actually. I mean, I love it because it, it shows the tenacity that you have out there on the field. I mean, of course, we don't want to get penalized for it or make a, a bad mistake that it costs us the game, but just having that hunger, everybody's emotions high, everybody's their mentality, dog mentality, just bringing the best out of each other. I mean, it's iron sharpening iron in there. So, I mean, we know heated situations are going to happen. It's football. So, I mean, just not being, not getting too carried away in those moments to where it hurt, it hurt the team and affect the team and also hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It is a Trigger Tuesday here on Out of Bounds, so we're going to talk about all the things that are bothering us in the world of sports. If we want to hear from you, you can call or text in at 501-661-1037. Get after us in the Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. After me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And today, in the 2 o'clock hour, we've got a special guest, Wyatt Simmons, who is the newest Razorback commitment out of Harding Academy and uh, out of Cersei and committed to the Razorbacks and had a lot of scholarship offers. Talked a little bit about him yesterday. He's going to join us as we'll get to the bottom of uh, his recruitment process and why he chose Arkansas as well as the connections that he had. So really looking forward to catching up with him in the 2 o'clock hour. And in the 3 o'clock hour, we'll have Connor O'Gara, of Saturday Down South, talk a little bit about all the fall camps going on in the SEC, as well as the biggest news in the SEC. We'll have some other audio, some fun things for you as well. And I know that uh, the guys at the Zone were there at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Well, I got to hear from Sam Pittman, which I know we'll have some discussions there. But uh, what what I got to go there just for a little bit, Joe. I was trying to help him set up the video equipment, which uh, worked out. So uh, that, w- that was really cool. But uh, it was amazing to see how many, not only how many people were there, but how many people were there so early to, to get it, whether it's for parking purposes or just to get a good seat or whatever it is. But uh, that was an awesome thing to know how many fans were just excited to be there and to see Sam Pittman and to know that the Little Rock Touchdown Club is officially underway. Every year he gets it started, Coach Sam Pittman, and before football season starts, and we're all anticipating. We're 11 days away now, so we're all looking forward to that first game, and we get to hear from Coach Pittman prior to the week and. This is what, you know, kicks it all off and gets it started. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I, I loved hearing just uh, about the fans, I think, more so than anything, as they were walking by and all of them wearing the Razorback shirts and just talking about the season. And, you know, I even heard some of you, you know, I think we could win nine games. I think nine games is, is going to work out. And then I hear somebody else be like, I don't know, man. I'm just, this uh, this offensive line got me concerned. I don't know. Like, just, it, it's like banter. It's just, you know, just talking about it, where it doesn't matter about what else is going on in their lives. They're there, they're in the Razorback gear, and they are just talking about their opinions, their predictions, and their excitement for, for Razorback football. But 11 days, 11 days, we're getting close to the single-digit mark. It's always and, packed, uh, too. For oh, that. yeah. Yeah, it, Little Rock Touchdown Club, because they have a great lineup every year, speakers, but always packed for Coach Pittman, and then we're expecting a big crowd for Peyton Manning also. Oh, yeah, and uh, Laurel Rutledge is next week, right, if yes. I'm not mistaken? So, yeah, that'll be... I know there'll be a good crowd for that. Be a great speakers lined up all, all all season long. So it's really good to hear from Sam Pittman during that, and I uh, know that again we'll have some discussions and some reactions from what he had to say there at the Touchdown Club. But it was a really cool, uh, you know, knowing how it gets set up because it's at the Double Tree 
And it wasn't always there, though, right? It was pre. It's kind of moved around. It moved to around a bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that was the first time I've ever gone into where it's at the Double Tree. Of course, I get that always mixed up too with the uh, Broyles Award. So because that's also I forget which hotel or where's that one at. I get them mixed State up. House. State House. Thank you. Yeah. I can't keep up with all these events David Basil does and he's in charge of. Uh, but yeah, that's a that was a great thing. Great crowd, and I know it's going to be a great one throughout uh, the rest of the year. But uh, we have a lot of things to get into today. Again, we'll have some uh, national news and, and all that. But one thing yesterday that I was uh, again just saddened by that ended up being reported is. Former Razorback basketball player Reggie Chaney, who played two seasons at Arkansas and the final season of Mike Anderson, and then the first season of Eric Musselman, transferred to Houston, played there for three seasons, uh, passed away at the age of 23 yesterday. Don't know any details as to why or, or the cause or anything, but uh, the Houston Chronicle was the first one to report, and it's just like, good grief. At what point can we stop talking and having to report or having to bring up uh, passing of former Razorbacks or people involved with the Razorback program or anything like that. I know Reggie Chaney was there for two seasons, but still, he was there. He was a Razorback. He committed to him. It's just just sad, especially at a young age of 23, getting ready to go pro. It's awful. Yeah, that's the... Uh, and, and then the puzzling thing that no details were put out, so people are wondering and speculating on to what could have happened here with him only being 23 years old. Mm. Now, I hope that there was nothing, no, no foul play or, or anything like that, and if we do hear of any details of what happened or how it happened, we'll be sure to pass them along. But uh, just really unfortunate because uh, the thing about I remember about Reggie Chaney is, first off, he had a unique number to me, 35. Not a whole lot of people were Joe 35. Klein. Oh, yeah, I guess there's a yeah, I'd say that. Well, yes, Joe Klein was 35. And I guess in, maybe in my lifetime uh, that I never saw a Razorback wear 35 very often. But he had that, and you know he was a very quiet dude, but... Had some games where he played really well and uh, seemed to have a, a bulldog mentality. And even when he went to Houston, uh, he was the sixth man of the year in their conference. And that, not like he just put up a bunch of stats and numbers and everything. I think he ended up averaging only about three or four points a game in his career at Houston. But he was just a, a guy that would come in and do the do the small things, do the little things, the, the cleanup acts, the uh, you know getting to the foul line or you know being a physical guy down low. So. Uh, he, he was just always that type of player, and it's just, again, so unfortunate. Knowing that he's going to play in Greece, that's where he was getting ready to go to as he got drafted over there and uh, had that career in front of him for it to be cut short like that. Again, just just tragic, tragic all around. It was always exciting whenever Reggie Chaney got on the floor, and there were people that always wanted more. He, You know, kind of there are some players on the roster now that you you look forward to and you want to see more from, like Jalen Graham, for example. So yeah. kind of in that same mold where – Reggie Chaney, anytime he was on the floor, he could do some good things, and people were always asking, is Reggie Chaney going to get more playing time? Is he going to get more minutes on the floor? They were excited to see him in the game because he did bring a certain energy to the game when he was on the court. And he had a good like size to him. He was like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, you know, had a pretty long wingspan, so I had some athleticism to him, you know, had, had a really great upside. So, yeah, I, I remember there was an excitement to it. And, uh, of course, anytime that there's a coaching change, uh, and I, you know, give him a lot of respect for uh, sticking it out and, and you know, staying at Arkansas under Eric Musselman. But it was one of those things where it's just like, hey, you know, uh, maybe something that he wanted to be go elsewhere, maybe wanted to have a different role elsewhere. And but it was we talk about when kids transfer out. Sometimes people get mad or frustrated. Sometimes people say good riddance, whatever it is. But that is one of the many cases I feel like when Reggie Cheney left Arkansas that worked out for both for both parties. Like it worked out for him. He got to go to Houston, play for Kelvin Sampson have uh, great success, have, you know, again, six man of the year in conference, go to a Final Four, and it worked out for Arkansas. So it's one of those things that I have nothing but respect for Reggie Chaney and, and his time at Arkansas and what he was able to do and accomplish. And uh, going to Houston, obviously, that's not a program that just allows anybody to play on their basketball program. Like Calvin Sampson is a really good coach with a lot of great players. So he obviously saw something in Reggie Chaney to bring him in and keep him on the team and uh, give him uh, opportunities to play and everything. So I just have nothing but respect for Reggie Chaney and uh, appreciate his time and not only at Arkansas but as a college athlete uh, in the five years that he was playing college basketball. He had a lot of success all the time he was playing. Yeah. So, uh, again, I, hopefully this this needs to just stop. I know we've uh, – you know, it's, it's getting just coincidental and all that, but it gets kind of annoying to and frustrating for all, all the reasons that you can imagine of having to come on here and talk about some – other person that's gone way too early and way too soon 
in, in their careers and in their lives. So uh, thoughts and prayers with Reggie Cheney's family and everybody, and hopefully uh, you know, we know a little bit more about it and uh, what all went down. Because now we had uh, you know, Coach Eric Musselman came out and made a statement about him. Also had Matt Zimmerman make a statement because he was there with Mike Anderson recruiting him, and Scotty Thurman, too, who's now in Parkview, was on the uh, Razorback staff when they were recruited um, Reggie Cheney, and I saw that Scotty even said in a, in a statement to hologsports.com, he says, Reggie and I had a big brother-little brother relationship. It was a built off of trust. I am extremely saddened by the loss, and my heart goes out, uh, cries out for his family at this time. So I uh, had a lot of connections there, and I, you know, it's one of those things I forgot about uh, Scotty Thurman being part of the program and part of the recruitment for a lot of those players, and Reggie Cheney being one of them. So, uh, yeah, I had a lot of uh, people uh, reaching out and, and talking about it, and again, just hate to, hate to see that for Reggie Cheney and his family, too. But on a, a more lighter note, is uh, we will get into some of the talk from uh, Sam Pittman at the Touchdown Club. Also saw with the uh, the streak that came to an end, finally, Joe, the preseason streak for the Baltimore Ravens. Everything must come to an end, and that's what happened with a 24-game preseason win streak. They lose to the Commanders last night on what was a game-winning field goal by Washington, 29 to 28. But Joey Sly getting it done, man! Like uh, he boomed that thing. And I, I just I laugh because it was it, like there's a lot of feeling, things that maybe it's just me and, and how I look at it, but I love meaningless streaks that I want to stay alive for whatever reason. Like, you know, is that that three point streak that Arkansas basketball had? Like I wanted that to stay alive and it ended and it was unfortunate. This was also one of those things that it doesn't matter, but I wanted it to keep going. I wanted to see how long they could take it. And they almost did it. They got close to them, but Game-winning field goal by uh, Washington ends up uh, lose, uh, ending that 24-game winning streak for Baltimore. It turned out to be a really good game. This is one of those games where the teams are in close proximity and it makes sense for them to play every year in the preseason. So you had that type of excitement going into it with the fan bases being that close. And then uh, there's a new sense of excitement with Washington, with the commanders, with a new ownership group. And the fans were really into that game and really loud as the game was going on. They had a lot to cheer for. Yeah, it's almost like with uh, Washington, uh, like anything in sports, if it, whether it's a new coach or a new quarterback, you know, something that's new and that's meaningful or something that people have wanted to change for a while, once it finally does, the excitement level gets brought up to a whole new level, even if the team's not great, even if it's going to be a, a season that they struggle or, or, or whatever. People find excitement in that, and that's kind of the vibe. Yeah, I got from Washington, where you know, I don't know how good they're going to be this season. You know, could they be a playoff team? I don't know. They play in a really tough division that's got some good teams in the NFC East, but you could just tell that the fans are just glad that there might be some positive change on the horizon, where they got a new owner and and got new uh, new things to be excited about, and they got some players that got added, and you know, the Ron Rivera is a coach that has proven that he can, he can win. So, yeah, I think that there's reasons to be excited if you're a Washington fan. Maybe not this year exactly, but also just for the future of the franchise. Sam Howell is the starting quarterback. Eric Bieniemy, new offensive coordinator. So they have a lot of offensive weapons, and that brings excitement in itself. So there's a lot about this team. It, the defense, they're strong up front on that defensive line, and uh, they got a lot, of, a lot of good pieces in place. They play in a tough division, though. Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants. All made the playoffs last year. Well, maybe uh, Washington can be one of those teams that uh, takes their spot and makes the playoffs this year. We'll see. But, hey, it's still preseason, but we got a lot to talk about here on a Trigger Tuesday. we already got some people that have been uh, texting in on our Southern Structural Solutions text line. We'll get to some of those questions. We'll also talk about Sam Pittman and some of the statements that he made at the Little Rock Touchdown Club and keep it moving here on Out of Bounds on a Trigger Tuesday. So stay with us. <laughs> Razorback legend Quinn Groby joins Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer on Drive Time Sports every Wednesday afternoon at 4. Brought to you by the DHR Group of Sonic Drive-Ins. Last night in the NFL, the Commanders beat the Ravens 29-28 to put an end to Baltimore's 24-game preseason win streak. The last time the Ravens lost in preseason was in 2015. Sam Howell, who was named starting quarterback for Washington last Friday, threw for 188 yards and two touchdowns in the game. And former Arkansas basketball player Reggie Chaney has passed away at the age of 23. Chaney played for Arkansas for two seasons from 2018 to 2020. He then transferred to Houston where he played the remaining three seasons of his collegiate career and was part of the 20- 
2020-2021 Cougars Final Four team. He won Sixth Man of the Year in their American Athletic Conference last season. Cheney had planned to play professionally in Greece this fall. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. And you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by the Arkansas Highway Safety Office. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan. Townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone. So it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that. Which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See shelter agent Christy Pettit in Maumel, Matt Cooper in Russellville, or Madison Buse in England. Tired of all that laboring? Get ready to take a break from hard work with Lazy Boy's Labor Day Sale. Save up to 50% off store-wide. From cozy couches to stylish sectionals, Lazy Boy has everything you need to create the perfect living space and a chair that's all yours. A wide selection of furniture for every room. With unbeatable prices, upgrade your home decor without breaking the bank. Don't miss out on your chance to save big. Visit Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor. Shackle for galleries of Little Rock today. Attention seafood lovers, Eat My Catfish is back open in Little Rock. The new Eat My Catfish in Riverdale is located in the Riverdale Shopping Center beside the movie theater and Ace Hardware. Eat local, eat fresh, eat my catfish. Listen to The Zone every Tuesday for Clint Kong. Brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, Farm Brothers Flying Service has been providing crop dusting services to the farmers in southeast Arkansas. And they can help you too. Call 870-263-1300. It's not just about the size of the meat. It's about where you get it from. So get it from Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market. The steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. How's my protege? Jeremy. Yeah. He... J-Bone. J-Bone is, believe it or not, he's getting married. What? (laughs) What an idiot. Oh, what a loser. Good. Good. More for me and you. On 103.7 The Buzz. Out of Bounds here on a Trigger Tuesday. Appreciate everybody listening in this afternoon as uh, we are going to talk about what things are bothering us in the world of sports. But as uh, was mentioned, we have uh, some Sam Pittman will play back for you from the Little Rock Touchdown Club, some of the interesting things uh, that he had to say. But here on our Southern Structural Solutions text line, had uh, a few people already chiming in from the 501 says, gents, don't forget, Untold Swamp Kings starts tonight on Netflix. The Florida Gators and Urban Meyer. There are already returns back from those who have already had an early look at it. So do you want a spoiler or leave it as it is for now? Is it a spoiler if it was a true story and it's already happened? Or I guess maybe there's some new stuff <laughs> There's some that added developed. elements to it. It has to be. Because huh. it's about that, not only those teams, but, of course, showcase like the Tim Tebow, the uh, Aaron Hernandez, uh, Riley Cooper, the Percy Harvin. I guess that, that loaded thing. loaded with talent on that team. It's almost the reason why they won two national championships. 
Uh, and then 07, I don't even remember what they did. Oh, yeah, because that was the year that Tim Tebow won the Heisman, but I think they only went 9-3 and three and lost to Michigan. It may have been 8-4. and four. Is it 8-4? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's that, uh, Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. I think it was 8-4 and four. Um, because that was uh, a big thing that people were talking about is not only was Tim Tebow like the first sophomore to ever win the Heisman, but it was like one of the first Heisman winners to be on a team that didn't win double-digit games for the first time in however many years. But so. also did something on the field that hadn't been seen before with uh, 30-20. Yeah. 30 passing touchdowns, 20 rushing touchdowns. Oh, yeah. I, I'll never, with the, you know, people bring up the Darren McFadden getting screwed in the Heisman, I will never say that Darren McFadden deserved it over Tim Tebow in 07. Uh, some people may feel that way, but the numbers you just mentioned, that that's why. Darren McFadden deserved it over Troy Smith, though. I will say that. But, again, just always the bad timing for Arkansas. Never a sophomore until the next year. And then kind of like when they uh, uh, had 1964 when they had the championships determined uh, before the bowl season. They're like, hey, you know, no, we're going to give it to Alabama in 64. Oh, okay, well... Now, the next year, though, we're going to change it. And then the next year, Arkansas goes undefeated in the regular season, would have been national champions, but then they lose the bowl game, so they don't get dubbed the national championship. <laughs> so it's like always one year, too little or too late, whatever it is. That's, uh, it's frustrating. But uh, I'm looking forward to that, though. Um, if you can, 501, uh, you don't have to spoil it if there's some, but uh, can you at least tell me if it's longer than an hour and ten minutes like the Manziel? Probably, probably not if it's from the Untold series. Is it always just like an hour or so? It's, yeah, okay. it's always like an hour, 15 minutes. Man, how do you tell that story like that for, in just a short period Nicely of time? Nicely done. I guess it, it doesn't have to be over the top. It, it's plenty of time to get it in. Yeah. That's just like movies now. Every movie has to be two and a half hours. Yeah. Why? There's yeah. probably 30 minutes you can cut out, if not more. Yeah. Well, or if they're, okay, so that's the case, that's fine. Do it in two parts. You know, like give me a part one for an hour and part two for an hour. And that's what they did with Manti Teo. That's the only one that comes to mind where they did more than one. And uh, it was, you know, a little bit over an hour. So that story gets two. But uh, there was I, a lot to, to be <laughs> unpacked there that people didn't know about. Yeah, that one was that one was wild. Uh, okay, so here from the 501, it says there's four episodes of it. Oh, gosh. And 45 minutes each for Swamp Kings. Okay, well, then I'll enjoy that then, if that's the case. I thought it was just a one-time deal, but I'll have to check it out on Netflix. I look forward to it. They do a really good job, though, with the storytelling and the production and all of that. And each and every one of them have been really fascinating. Because I guess, was it the Mouse at the Palace was one of them that was untold? Yep. And uh, the Johnny Manziel, the Manti Teo. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that I've watched or maybe that come to mind. For that Don't special. remember the name of it, but... Uh Caitlyn Jenner, who used to be Bruce Jenner. That's right. Can't remember the name of, you know, the Untold series, but yeah. it went through the life as Bruce Jenner into Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, I did not watch that one. Uh, it was good. Yeah. It gave a lot of background on how uh, Bruce Jenner got into the sport and just growing up an all-around athlete and just really talented, whether it's running track or playing football or whatever the case may be, golf. Did it all. Yeah, that's what, one thing I remember hearing about him is like his the amount of greatest and like a- athlete athletic accomplishments that he had in in so many different sports at, at all times was just awesome. Like, yeah, he was he was larger than life on that regard. So it is called Untold Caitlyn Jenner. Okay, so uh, pretty uh, strict and to the point there. Also, uh, let's see, uh, we have uh, Angry Buckeye says better tell Joe and Rebecca. Chiefs Crown Royal available now in Arkansas. So I guess you can buy a thing at Crown Royal and it comes in a box of uh, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs on it as well as a bag of Crown Royal with the Kansas City Chiefs logo on it. It's a collector's it. item. So there you go. Yeah, take that all day long. And then also from the 817, it says, question, is there a possibility that Coach Enos is the next head coach after Pittman? Well, I don't really know if that's the uh, what his you know, end game would be as far as being a head coach. I don't think they'll do a coach and waiting for him. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's so early. This is his first year as the offense coordinator under Pittman. I don't even know if that's something that they desire or not, but it's possible, I guess, if he has a lot of success and Pittman steps down at some point or whatever. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think there's anything like, oh, yeah, this is the coach Coach and waiting. waiting. No, they don't do that anymore. Thank goodness. I always hated that thing, too. Uh, All right. So, speaking of uh, Sam Pittman, again, he had the uh, Little Rock Touchdown Club that. Uh, not always talking to the the big group there at the Double Tree, but also uh, went on the zone for just a few minutes, and I thought he had a lot of interesting things to say 
Uh, but two of them really stood out. And we'll start with this one. With the offensive line, we we heard him, I guess, about a week ago or so, talk about the offensive line and needing to build some depth and he's starting to figure it out. The pass protection's been a little suspect, but he was asked again about what's the biggest concern of uh, of what's going on with uh, his team right now. And Sam Pittman, is pretty direct, he just says offensive line. Offensive line, if you're looking at depth. Offensive line, even though we're finding them. I think Andrew Chambly's came in and done a great job for us. Dev Manuel's uh, been out a few days, and uh, Chambly's proven that he can win. We can win with him. We can win with him in SEC. So that one's been a really good deal. Marion Wiggins is another guy. Uh, that we think from Coffeyville coming in is going to help us. But probably depth-wise, uh, I think we've solidified at the linebacker spot. That was concerning. Tight end was concerning depth-wise. Uh, right now, just be and the health of the offensive line. We've got some guys banged up in there, not permanently, but banged up. Uh, so that would, right now would be probably the key, most concerning depth. So just about depth and about you know something with Coach Pittman being an offensive line coach, maybe gets taken for granted, at least by me, and saying, oh, it'll be fine. But if he's having a concern about the depth and not only having maybe the starting five out there, but guys that can step up if there's an injury or you know if somebody gets banged up, whatever it is, that's not exactly a position group. You know, we, don't, we want to be deep at every part, but especially offensive line and the importance of it and running an offense, that's not a position you want to be concerned about in depth right no, now. It is concerning, though, especially knowing the type of coach that Coach Pittman is, being that offensive line coach, if he's concerned about the depth, then others should be also. Yeah, and that's where it's a little, I don't know, it's a little suspect, but also a little dis- discur- disconcerting because of how the offensive line in his first year was really good and last year was pretty solid too. They had their ups and downs, but that's not the position group that you want to start continuing each year after year, taking a step back or uh, having more and more issues with because we know how the health of a quarterback is everything. And if you don't have a quarterback to be able to stay healthy because he's getting hit a lot because the offensive line can't protect him, that's problematic. You have a great running back in Rocket Sanders. If they can't have people out there to block for him and to open up lanes for him, that's problematic. It all hinges on your offensive line being solid. And, again, he's talking about depth specifically, but still, it's, it's, that's not where if you're trying to be an offense and a team to take the next step and be better from last season – going up against a lot of these great defensive fronts in the SEC especially, you don't want to have it to where each and every day K.J. Jefferson's trying to run for his life and having to make quick decisions or quicker decisions that could lead to some turnovers or some mistakes made. K.J. has the ability to move around, which is going to be helpful to the offensive line, but and, and maybe it gives them time to grow at the beginning of the season and, and gel a little bit more because of the fact that he can move around, but you want it to the point that he, he doesn't have to move so much. And, it, and it's important not only to the team for their success, but just for K.J. in general. You know, this is his final year at Arkansas. He's trying to get better and trying to get ready for the NFL draft and be as high of a draft pick as possible. And uh, You can't really showcase all those abilities if you're not having the success of an offensive line protecting you or if you're getting banged up and having to sit out games or sit out plays. Like That's not going to help your cause at all. So it's important not only for the team's success, but also just for someone like K.J., where this is a big year for him. You know, I think most people think he's a great quarterback, uh, second-team All-SEC, whatever it may be. But uh, there's NFL draft scouts that are still, all right, let's see what step he can take. What's the next thing he can do before we start believing that he's going to be a first, second-round pick in the NFL draft. And so he's got to prove a little bit to those people or to those doubters out there that he can take that next step and be ready for the NFL and be the quarterback that, uh, he can be to get drafted and be a franchise guy if that's the level and the ceiling that he has this season for Arkansas. For quarterbacks also, um, they would prefer to uh, be strong in the middle with the center and the guards, be able to step up in the pocket as opposed to, you know, there's getting pressure in the middle. And, uh, you know, so once again, with him being able to move around, if they're uh, taking time to grow on the edges with the tackles, and he's able to step up in the pocket and working on some things as far as getting better as a passer. He would much prefer that than getting pressure up the middle. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's also with Danny Enos being the new offensive coordinator. We talked about them you know, working on you know, taking snaps under center a little bit more uh, and possibly you know, in goal line situations or in short situations, uh, having it uh, right there close by to be able to get those quick few yards that they need uh, and that includes drop back passing though 
uh, it's going to be tough to have those dropbacks happening where uh, every step that KJ takes, the uh, defensive end is taking the same amount of steps and probably even more so, and he's back in the backfield before he can go through his progressions and everything. Like, Quarterbacks don't take as deep of drops as they once did, so that's part of the game evolving and changing from that sense that you're not taking those deep drops. So you're not putting the team at risk of giving up so many yards on a sack. And uh, so that's something also that will help him in this process, not only with new offensive line, but new receivers and getting used to getting some, uh, some timing and everything down with the new receivers, new tight ends. But we know what Arkansas is. They're strong in the running game. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is strong in the running game, and he's used in it at times, but they don't want to overuse him in the running game. Yeah, if, and if you're going to have a strong running game, it's it's always helpful when you have a complimentary pass game where, uh, you know, you got plenty of running backs to run it. you got KJ that can run it too, but uh, you got to be able to have the threat of being effective in the passing game to open up the running lanes as well. So it's, it's, it's all integral and it's all very important, but uh, if they don't get that issue with the offensive line depth qual- and the concern that Sam Pittman has, uh, they could be in trouble as it goes on. But also... Uh, Sam Pittman was asked about, of course, playing the game in Little Rock and War Memorial Stadium. I know that this has always been a, a constant thing of, you know, how many games are in War Memorial and how much longer is it going to last. And uh, for the first game being here at Little Rock this season, it's going to be awesome as we're excited about it. But Sam Pittman was just asked about being in Little Rock and also just the schedule where that's that five-week stretch where they're outside the state of the uh, state of Arkansas for so long and how much of an impact that can have on his team. Well... You know, if you remember two years ago, I think we had five games stretch in there. Three of them were supposed to be at home. We played once, uh, you know, in Fayetteville. So that was kind of very similar uh, back then. I don't know if the opponents were quite, you know, I think all four of these guys are top 25 teams that were playing. But that's SEC football as well. But um, so that it happened to us before. It's, it's, uh, you know, I'm more disappointed for the fans of Northwest Arkansas. I mean, we're leaving, and we're leaving, you know, two different venues. I get it. At least one of them, we're staying in the state, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good thing. But uh, eventually, I think we need more home games. And certainly, you know, in an eight-game stretch before we're off, uh, we only play three of those in in uh, at home. And uh, so it makes it difficult for the fans, I think, as well as travel. Travel's travel, you know, no matter if it's home on the schedule and you're going to Dallas, that's that's not home. Home is Fayetteville. So he kind of brings up of not only the importance of having as many home games as possible, whether it's recruiting visits or uh, whatnot, but going through those stretches of you have eight games and only three of them are in Fayetteville or uh, it's happened, you know, multiple times in multiple different years and, and whatnot. It's got to be where you can tell there's a there's a really big effort made by trying to get as many games to stay in Fayetteville uh, for for different reasons. But uh, I think that the stretch uh, when there's nothing in between, like you can't have okay, well we may be gone two weeks or three weeks, but we have this game. It's like that long stretch of a month is essentially being gone from the state of Arkansas is, is not a benefit to really anybody at the state of Arkansas. Yeah, um, it that's something that's always going to be a topic until it changes as far as playing games in Little Rock, and it's changed quite a bit over the years, and now it's only every other year that they have to worry about that scheduling part where we're playing games in Little Rock. Yeah, and I think the, the biggest question will be, in 2024, be the final year of playing Texas A&M in Arlington, at least on the contract. And then in 2025... That'll be the final year on contract that Arkansas will be playing a War Memorial Stadium against Arkansas State. Now, that's not to say those contracts can't be extended or can't be renewed or or whatever, but the next three years, those two games that you play away from home every other year, uh, those contracts are going to be up. So I think that that's where the question is going to be in place of what do they do with it? Do they still continue to play in Arlington every year against somebody? Uh, or do they continue to play in Little Rock at War Memorial Stadium against somebody? Is it an every year thing, or does it stick with an every other year thing? Uh, with the, but with those two contracts expiring, that's going to be interesting to see how that does play out in the decisions that the university makes of if they want to continue those games or not. It would be in Little Rock's favor if they let the contract go in Arlington. They don't play any games there. That would more likely set up an opportunity for Little Rock to be an every-year deal as opposed to every other year. 
But um, if they continue playing Arlington, Little Rock is eventually going away. Yeah, especially since I think last time I saw them in Arlington, I think Arkansas and A&M or whoever team they play, they make something like $5 million every year just playing there. Uh, I don't know how that's divvied up or how is that, you know, what does it come from, if it's ticket sales, whatever it is. But uh, that's what they get out of it. And, uh, you know, out of War Memorial and Little Rock, do they get something similar? Is it something the same? Not totally sure, but money talks, as we all know, especially in this day and age in college sports, is a very big deal. Let's go to the phone lines. Cactus is in Russellville. What's up, Cactus? Yeah, I don't want to nitpick, but uh, he did say he feels for the fans in northwest Arkansas. Yeah? Them's the only fans the Raider back got is in northwest Arkansas? What about the rest of the state? This is Arkansas. Yeah, I know. I think he was, he's also just referring to the fans that are up there who lose a home game and have their season tickets and whatnot. I don't think it's anything as a shot to anybody, but it's just uh, if you're going, if you want to go to the home games and you want to have season tickets and have eight games at home, and you have to travel from there up in Northwest Arkansas to come down here. I mean, it's just it's the same thing with Little Rock fans going up there. I think it's bo- it goes both ways. Yeah, but he said Northwest Arkansas fans. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. The Northwest Arkansas fan is the one they feel for. Well, yeah, just that. And again, it's, I think it's just because it was brought up of the game and being in Little Rock and being at War Memorial Stadium. And also, uh, you know, going to Arlington, too. I mean, it's, it's just when you have a lot of fans and a, a huge fan base that you have across the state, somebody's going to have to travel. He didn't, so. he, didn't say, he didn't say across the state. He said he built for the Northwest I, Arkansas. Oh, I, under, I understand, Cactus, but in the context, it was about War Memorial and the game in Little Rock. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, I listened to it. I was listening to him the whole time, and that just that just, that just just hit me a little bit, a little rough there. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to nitpick. All right, well, appreciate you calling in, Cactus. Uh, let's also uh, squeeze in Ryan, who's in Hot Springs. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Bubba. I hope you all are having a good day. Uh, I just... You know, I, I'm, I get kind of where he's coming from on that, the previous caller. It's just we get one game, you know, once every two or three years. But I will say that I do think once we get rid of the A&M game in Dallas, I, I would like to see one Memorial go to either either once every two years or once every four years. I don't think we should be there every year because I, I get the recruiting part of it. But also, I, I also want to see kind of the tradition. That's kind of where I'm at on it. I don't know how you all feel about it, but. Um, I would like to say I would like to add this. So if we're going to continue to stay at War Memorial, I think we need to start playing more in state, and that would be kind of where I'm, kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and I, I, I get why they want to phase it out. I, I get all that, but um, I'm just going to put in my two cents. I hope y'all have a great day and go Hogs. All right, appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, th- that's where it gets pretty dicey because uh, I know everyone's got their own opinion on this, and you know that's that's why they call it the Great Stadium Debate. Um, but I think that just knowing the direction of college football, knowing the direction of how everything's going, it's like, I, I don't know if there's going to be continuation of every year or every other year, but I do agree with Ryan's point that, you know what, uh, it could be a, a great thing to have where, you know, it's, uh, it's an in-state opponent. You know, they did that against UAPB a couple years ago. You know, they're doing it against Arkansas State in 2025. So maybe they could keep something like that to where they just play in-state teams there at War Memorial. I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is or what it's going to be, but... Uh, I think that just like everything else in college football and college sports, it's changed quite a bit, quite dramatically just over the past few years. But uh, we'll have more to discuss. I know people are calling in and chiming in. We'll get to all of those uh, comments as we continue on here on a Trigger Tuesday. And we'll have uh, what's trending in the world of sports on the other side of the break as well. We'll try to make it work for you. But uh, we're going to have some fun continuing on here on Out of Bounds. So stay with us. Bob Bottom Dollar Waller with Mark McClarty Ford, and we're Arkansas's number one Ford Superstore. That means we're bringing you our biggest inventory and even better deals. Like 8000 off the F-150 4x4 Super Crew XLT. That's right, 8000 off new F-150s. Come see your President's Award winner three years in a row, Mark McClarty Ford. Where people don't shop, they buy. That's the McClarty difference. WSC number one based on 2022 new vehicle sales reports from Ford. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Sometimes you just gotta have some wings. 
And with buffalo, barbecue, teriyaki, Cajun buffalo, lemon honey, garlic parmesan, mango habanero, lemon pepper, pineapple habanero, honey hot, and brewskis reaper, you know where to find them. Brewskis, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. It's Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. $1.50 street tacos, $5 signature 22-ounce margaritas, $3 Jose shots, and trivia at 7 p.m. Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. Allow us to introduce ourselves. We are Big O Tires. However, we might as well go by Big O Tires, alignments, batteries, brakes, oil changes, suspensions, and free visual inspection upon arrival. Because we do all that and more. But that name seems a little long and it won't fit on our sign. Now at Big O Tires in Conway and Cabot, take $100 off select sets of tires. That's right. Save $100 right now off select sets of tires and get tires, service, and straight talk at Big O Tires. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Maumelle is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumelle at their huge new showroom on Maumelle Boulevard just off 430. Hi folks, it's Chris Zender here at Frank Fletcher Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Sherwood. Everybody's talking about high prices these days. Gas prices, grocery prices, interest rates. It seems like everything costs more than it used to. But at Fletcher Dodge, we're fighting back against high prices and interest rates. We have employee pricing plus 1.9% on all new Jeep Gladiators and 1.9% on Jeep Compass. And here's the deal of the week. 2.9% financing for 72 months on new rams that's 2.9 percent for six years on a new ram and we have 2.9 percent for 72 months plus four thousand dollars off new jeep grand cherokees shop fletcher dodge and sherwood for the deal of a lifetime on a new dodge chrysler jeep or ram at fletcher dodge you always get the best price the lowest finance rate and more for your trade and we promise you a hassle-free buying experience so come see us and give us a chance to earn your business shop fletcher dodge and sherwood before you buy anywhere else come See us in person at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road or shop online at FletcherDeals.com. The Rogers family for Capital Business Machines. It's real important to keep going what uh, our dad has started. He had a good reputation and we want to continue that reputation. Business is about relationships and I think a lot of times it gets too corporate, too internet, too impersonal and we want to continue that legacy that, that our dad has, has started. Treat people right and they'll take care of you too. Contact us today for a free document assessment at catbiz.com. What's up, everyone? It's Christian Weaver for The Zone. Justin West will be back in studio tomorrow, and we'll be talking football as we'll be just 10 days away from Arkansas kicking off the season. Joe Klein will join us to talk about anything and everything. In the second hour, Kevin Kelly will come on, thanks to Woodrock Athletic Club, to talk about some Week Zero college football games as well as some NFL preseason games. And in the final hour, we'll have entertainment and birthdays. It's all that and much more Wednesday in The Zone, where sports and entertainment come crashing together. There's only one place to stop for the best in meats in Central Arkansas. It's Hogs Meat Market. Check out their monthly package deals of the best meats online at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. On 103.7 The Buzz. If you're shopping for a vehicle, you want to get to Guadney Chevrolet. Guadney has best deals in the market, been doing it 60 plus years. Give them a call, 501-982-2102. Great deals at Guadney Chevrolet on Silverados and Equinox. 1.9% is available for financing. When you finance with GM and a well-qualified buyer, $2,500 off a new Equinox, save up to 9000 on a new Silverado, and trade in that old cell phone and get $500 towards your down payment for your new ride, and everyone is approved, and that's only through the month of August, so got a few days to take advantage of that still, and some of the other great offers at Guatney Chevrolet. Make the trip to the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville, shop them online, guatneychevrolet.com. You can see all the deals, the cash allowances, the rebates, even appraise a vehicle. See just how much it's worth. They're giving thousands over book value, whether you trade that vehicle in or you sell it to Guatney Chevrolet. Guatney is always 
actively buying vehicles so you get a great deal on a vehicle that you trade in or sell. See the entire inventory of new and pre-owned vehicles on GuadneyChevrolet.com. And if you need a service, they have convenient service hours throughout the week. Also Saturday, 7 a.m. until noon. In case you can't make it throughout the week, it's Guadney Chevrolet, Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. Guadney Chevrolet, GuadneyChevrolet.com. Trigger Tuesday, you're on Out of Bounds. We'll have a train in the world of sports in just a second, but uh, a few people have been patiently holding as they call in as uh, we're going to keep it moving here on Out of Bounds. So let's uh, have uh, Chachi in Little Rock. What's up, Chachi? Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Good. Doing great, man. Well, good. So I had just a couple of, couple of thoughts. So I've been a season ticket holder for Razorbacks for, like, quite a while. There is no game day experience like Fayetteville versus War Memorial. So, I mean, if they never played again at War Memorial, seriously, it probably would not really bother me that much. And all I remember was the last time the uh, when we had what it was Ty Story and one of our running backs that went down in Little Rock because mm-hmm. the, the turf was so hard. So uh, was that the? I, I think it was Ole Miss, wasn't they, it? Was that the Ole Miss game you're referring to? In twenty seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like I, I would I would rather one to prefer the game day experience. Secondly, I think the field's in much better shape. But then my my question is, if we take away the uh, the Arlington game with the portal being the way that it is, do you think that that helps us or would hurt us? I mean, I don't know if it would. I don't know. I mean, maybe helps because you get that extra home game in Fayetteville for recruiting visits, I guess. But that's the way they look at it. Yeah, at the university. I mean, but I also think I'm I, I just not putting myself in the position of a 17, 18 year old kid or even a portal playing in Dallas or playing in Arlington at Dallas Cowboys Stadium would be pretty cool, especially if you get to do it every year. So I guess it just depends on who you are. All right, well, that's all I had, guys. And hey, I'll um, I'll see you next time you're at Twin Peaks. I'm gonna stick my head in the door. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Chachi. It. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. It's uh, I guess that'll be what the third Friday, right, of September. Yeah, is when we're gonna be there. So yeah, looking forward to that at Twin Peaks. Let's go to Chuck in Little Rock. What's up, Chuck? What's up, y'all? Hey, Chuck. All right. First of all, I actually disagree with Chach about the uh, about Little Rock. I spent my childhood growing up going to those games, and um, you know, going to the uh, the tailgates out on the uh, golf course. I, I I preferred it, but. We are in the SEC West, which is the most competitive part of college football, and we're in an arms race against every other team. And if we have – I love the games in Little Rock, but I understand that our our facilities up in northwest Arkansas are unbelievably nice. And every time we lose an opportunity to bring recruits to that campus and have them experience game day there at, in Fayetteville – we are putting ourselves at a disadvantage. And just from a financial standpoint, we actually have to pay to play in, in War Memorial. So we're losing the gate, we're losing souvenirs, we're losing you know, um, concessions. The, we, you know, if we're going to be in as competitive of a situation as we are in, being in the SEC West, giving up any money or any recruiting opportunities is, is a problem. So, and, even, and I get it, it's cool playing at Cowboys Stadium. But I honestly say, if I was a recruit, and I'm not, but if I was a, a, an 18-year-old kid trying to decide where I wanted to go to college and I had a choice between seeing him at Cowboys Stadium or seeing where I'm actually going to play, I think I'd actually want to see where I was going to play. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think that uh, with with just you bitching up the arms race and how important it is in the SEC, I think that's what it comes down for everybody. I don't think it's anything personal. I don't think it's anything like, oh, well, you know, we want to cater to these fans but not these other fans. It's nothing like that. I think it's just it's about recruiting, and it's about uh, getting as many visits as possible because, let's be honest, you only have a certain amount of opportunities to get kids on campus, and sometimes they're taking visits to other places, and if you had a home game here, you could have had them. But, you know, it, it's a difficult thing. But I think everybody, at least that's uh, involved, just wants to do what's best for the program, and, you know, recruiting is a big part of it. So I, I, I agree with you. And Cactus getting in his feelings about the way Sam Pittman chose to say what he said. Keep in mind, Sam Pittman's game plan, his long-term goal was to finish his career at Arkansas so that he can retire to central Arkansas. He wants to live in Hot Springs, Arkansas for the rest of his life when his football career is over with. So I don't think there's anything that would ever come out of his mouth, even if you misunderstood what he was saying. 
he's never going to be sliding Central Arkansas because to him, this is his forever home. So I don't. I would get out of my feelings about whether or not he thought that he was sliding Central Arkansas. He certainly was not. Yeah. Well, hey, we appreciate the phone call, Chuck. Uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, it goes back to him saying, you know, Northwest Arkansas fans of having the first eight games of the year and only three of them being at home in, in Fayetteville. Uh, you know, not many other schools in the SEC have that. So I think it's just, again, about the context of that comment. And uh, Lewis is in Little Rock. What's up, Lewis? Hey, hey, how you doing, brother? Doing good. Good. Good, good. Yeah, you you uh, you just hit the nail on the head, John. That's what I was calling about. Uh, he took he took his comments out of context because because uh, when when Justin and Wes asked him about that schedule, and that's what he was talking about was uh, you know was the fact that like you just said, they got three home games, you got some four four straight games away, and then then you got the A and M game, and like he said. A and M game, even though it's played in Arlington, that's still not a home game. Even though we may be the home team this year or whatever, but you know, like you said, Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville is, is the home game. So that's what he was talking about. He wasn't trying to slight the, the fans down here. In fact, if, if he'd have listened before that, maybe he didn't get a chance to. But they also asked him about playing here in Little Rock, and he 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 totally gets it as to why we're playing down here because, like he said. Some fans from the northeast part of the state or southeast part of the state, uh, southern part of the state, may, may not be able to make that trip to Fayetteville, but they can make that trip to Little Rock. So, so he gets that. So, I think he just took the, took his comments out of context. Is, is what happened there? Well, or he might might have got in late on the conversation or something. Yeah. Well, and also Lewis too. I think that you know, going to your point about what Sam Pittman said, also he's like. Uh, going down there, he's like, that's what makes this uh, the state and the Razorback fans like, so strong across the entire state is because of the fact that you were able to have games in central Arkansas and people growing up and getting to see them uh, during that time. It's like that's what makes it so special is that you're you're able to reach a lot of different people and having different games there growing up and as a part of their history. So I think he gets it, like you said. I think he gets it. He understands it, and he understands the importance of it. Uh, it's just, again, a matter of the context of the comment that you took. Exactly, and and how, and where you came in on the conversation in the first place. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Well, hey, we appreciate it, Lewis. Right. Thanks for calling in, man. All right, guys. All right, have a good day. All right, you as well. Again, uh, good conversation, good comments, folks. Appreciate all of it. We we'll have to push what's trending in the world of sports back into the next hour, uh, but that's okay because we're at the top of the hour. When we take that update, we're going to come back with Wyatt Simmons, newest Razorback football commitment out of Harding Academy. Talk to him about his journey and some of the cool stuff that's going on with him and the excitement he has of being a Razorback. He'll be joining us on the other side of the break, so stay with us. Second Hour of Out of Bounds, coming up next. Listen each Monday when Morning Mayhem's Justin Moore tests your Razorback knowledge with Razorback Trivia, presented by Capital Smokehouse and Grill, downtown Little Rock's go-to on spot. Everybody, everywhere, has heard the endless offers to bring your current phone in and trade up for the latest model. Jump from iPhone 10 to iPhone 23. Switch from flip phone to Android. 